Hello and welcome to the Record Rangers podcast with me, Johnny McFarlane. Today, as ever, I'm joined by my compadre, my partner in crime, Mr. Scott McDermott, the Sunday Mail's chief sports writer. How are you doing, Scotty? I'm good, Johnny. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Hopefully this uh, vaccine today means that we'll soon be together once again, reunited in our lovely office. There's light at the end of the tunnel, finally. Yeah, thankfully. And I think the big thing about that for, for everyone involved, I think, is to get fans back at the football. I know it's now becoming a cliche to have journalists wax lyrical about how important it is for everyone to get fans back. But really, yeah. I think the games are missing it, Scott, the, the passion and and the atmosphere, and, and, and it'll be terrific to get them back. Right, but let's get stuck into um, some of the topics that I've got for us this uh, episode. The first thing I want to touch on, Scott, is a growing sense that I'm seeing online, and I think in a, in a few pundits' uh, analyses, which is this sense that the it's league over. Is over, the league yeah. is done. Yeah. And I think I think we need to talk about this, Scott, because we always pride ourselves in, in sort of being honest with the fans, being being uh, un, unscared to give our true opinion of, of what's happening. Uh, and I, for one, I'm finding this quite quite interesting, to be honest, because, yes, Rangers are playing superbly. Yes, Celtic are playing terribly. But surely, Scott, surely <laughs> everyone needs to have learned from last season when Rangers were actually doing almost as well as they are now. Yeah. I know it's slightly different, but there has it's to have been da- lessons learned. Yeah, it's a dangerous, dangerous road to get in, Johnny, to think that, that anything is won in December. Um, listen, you understand Rangers fans, no, it must be hard to contain their excitement at the moment because as looking very good, you know, seeing what's happening across the city, you know, that kind mm. of implosion um, on and off the park, it has to be said. Um, and looking at Rangers just being this well-oiled machine who are just ticking game by game uh, as they as they go along, just steamrolling everyone in the whether it's the Scottish Premiership or um, or the Europa League, pretty much. No, just to put that in a context, Scott. Right, because we're both old enough to remember a time when Rangers would go out and spend thirty million pounds in a summer, and this is yeah. going back decades. So you can imagine the kind of quality that brought in for for younger listeners who are. They're maybe not so well versed in, for example, the Advocat era, the Walter Smiths yeah. first, first era. Have you ever seen a Rangers team dominate a Scottish Premiership the way this one is at the moment? Just to give it a wee bit of context, that Advocat era when there was so much good quality, the Walter Smith era when you had the likes of Loudrup and Gascoigne, were they as dominant as this Rangers yeah. team? It's hard to you know, hard to go off memory alone. I mean, I'd need to look back at, at stats. Certainly, you know, off the top of my head, I would need to say probably going back to the to the Walter nine in a row era where you were turning up at games. Listen, I suppose the advert, once Advocate got going with that squad, you no, know, once that squad gelled and got into their stride, you no, know, and that those first couple of years um, they took a bit of stopping. But in terms of Rangers fans now turning up at, at every game, expecting Rangers to go and be the dominant side and go and win. I think you probably are going back to the the Walter nine in a row days, which is incredible given that we're talking about a team currently who have yet to win a trophy. I mean, they've won nothing yet, um, but it's very difficult for for fans not to get carried away at, at this early stage. Um, and I think that the, I think what's happening at Celtic, um, 
no, just kind of amplifies that and, and makes it even more difficult uh, not to get not to get excited. However, as I said at the start, no league titles aren't won in December. Football can change very quickly. Circumstances can change at Celtic very quickly. Even though we now know Neil Lennon will be in charge at least until the till the next Old Firm game. Um, but I've said it before. And I know people will laugh and say, you know, overcautious or whatever, but it, it could still be, you no know, seven points going into the old firm game, effectively, you no, know, obviously counting the games in hand, and that's no disrespect to the team Celtic have got to play. But in essence, it could be seven points, and if Celtic were to win at Ibrox, it would go down to, go down to four. Um, you no, know, when you count these games in hand, and I know that's a lot of ifs and buts, but I think if you're a no, if you're a realistic Rangers fan, try to keep your, your feet in the ground and try and not attempt fate. I think that's the way you need to look at it at the moment. Yeah, no, I think that's a that's a fair call, Scott. I, I actually don't think um, it's really Rangers fans um, that, are, that are getting carried away. I see a lot of Rangers fans saying, look, take one game at a time, not yeah. going to start making any wild accusations. I think there's a lot of people who are, who are neutrals who are just looking at it from a point of view of... Um, the way Rangers are playing against the way Celtic are playing, but yeah. we've already seen Rangers um, sort of collapse in on themselves in previous seasons. So, so it, it's worthwhile just bearing that in mind. And I think there's another factor which I did mention last week, which is COVID. You know, if Rangers are to get extremely unlucky and to have a yeah, COVID outbreak through no no fault of their own, they could be decimated for two weeks. Yeah. That could be six points right there, and, and Stephen Gerrard would have. Nothing to do with it, really. See, he had to yeah. play a youth team. So I yeah, think yeah. this season of all seasons, there has to be a, an extra level of caution about any predictions. Yeah. And, Listen, and just, in terms of the, just in terms of the punters, Johnny, I mean, I think genuinely, you're right. I think the majority of fans do have a sense of perspective and, and realism about it. And I think that is down to where Rangers have come from and what they've gone through in the last, uh, no, the last three or four years, or even the last decade, if you want to, if you want to go back to the to the real troubled times. I mean, I genuinely believe, as much as that was uh, tough for Rangers fans, they, they do they have got to a point now where they won't take anything for granted um, until it's until it's done. Um, and I think, no, that listen, that's that's the approach that Stephen Gerrard and his players have taken um, as the games go by. And I think it's. I think it'd be wiser Rangers fans just to, um, to take a similar approach. Certainly, certainly now. I mean, listen, if they win the old firm game on January the third, you would you would allow them to get to get a tad more more excited. I mean, it would look it would look pretty much nailed on if Rangers were to win that second old firm game. But there's a bit of, a bit of football to play before then. I did think about this watching uh, Ross County against Rangers, and watching Steve Davis just glide around that pitch. Uh, he was absolutely tremendous throughout the game. I think there was a moment where he, he did a, uh, I don't know what, what you even call it now, uh, is it a Rabona flick? When yeah, you, Rabona. When you're standing foot and then you yeah. flick so your foot in behind. One of my, my trademark moves, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> bet, you do, bet you couldn't do that nowadays. <laughs> you might try. Um uh. But, but it wasn't just that, Scott. It was the penetrating nature of his passes. I think for the first goal, yeah, Morelos gives him a layoff and he just takes that one-touch pass. It's just absolutely delicious. Right through the, the defence, like a knife through butter. And, and listen, I think it's it's even more important to look at Stephen Davis. 
especially through the lens of Stephen Davis and Scott Brown. You've got yep. two guys that know and love their club, that have been there, that have seen it, that have done it. They're roughly the same age in that engine room. And there's not a probable, probably a better comparison than looking at how Stephen Davis is performing at the moment versus how Scott Brown is performing for Celtic. Because it's night and day. Yeah. And Stephen Davis is just being well-managed. He's coming in and out and being used in selected games. And when he plays, he's looking every inch, the guy with all that experience. Um, and he's not looking like a, a guy who, who doesn't have the energy anymore because he's, he's been used in a, in a way that's absolutely perfect for a guy with his qualities. Yeah. Uh, he, he just adds an extra dimension of uh, deep penetrative quality to Rangers. You know, when Ryan Jack and Glenn Kamara are in there, they don't necessarily have that quality to open up a team from from, yeah. from deep to the same extent as when Stephen Davis plays. So so I, I just wondered what you thought of that comparison and whether or not you, you do think that's, that's a perfect summation of, of the season so far, how those two different players are performing. <laughs> It's probably a good summation in terms of the influence that both players uh, are having on their, their teams at the moment. Um, in terms of compa- comparing the two of them, I, mean, I do think they're, they're, they're totally different type of players and al- always have been. Um, you know, Davis has always been this guy who you know, had a bit of finesse about him, could open up defences with, uh, with killer passes. I don't really think that's ever been in, in Scott Brown's g- natural game. Um but take nothing away from what Brown has done. Uh, no, listen, you can't get away from over the years. He's been a he's been a brilliant midfielder for Celtic, Celtic and Scotland. Brilliant at what he does. <clears throat> Certainly during these uh, last few years when Celtic have been, you know, sweeping up every trophy, I think he's had a massive influence uh, on and off the park. Yeah. In terms of get, getting Celtic over the over the line, certain games, certain tournaments, but it does look, you no, know, without being unkind to Scott Brown, it does look like this season, you no, know, might be a step too far for him in terms of, you no, know, what I've watched a few of the European games, it doesn't seem to be getting about the pitch as well as he used to. Um, he's not having as much influence <clears throat> on those around him uh, as he has done in the last few years. And you flip that over to Davis, obviously, who, as you say, I mean, I need, I need to hold my hands up, Johnny. I mean, I, I was slightly worried about Stephen Davis getting into this season, um, about whether, like Brown, it might be a step too far just with his age and his fitness and you know, how many games he was going to play. I, I, I thought at the start of this season that he might become... I thought he would. I thought he would be a key man in the dressing room. I think I said this to you in, in pre-season. I thought he would be a good guy to have around the place in terms of influencing others in the dressing room. But I didn't think he would have played as many minutes or, or had as big an influence on the pitch as he as he has done. Um, I think Rangers have managed him really well in terms of games and minutes. He's obviously found this position. Um, and we no, I can laugh about it now, but you think of all those debates we had when he signed and people were wanting me to come in as a the, the number ten almost, you no, know, this guy was going to create goals and be the link between middle to front and we tried to say countless times on here that that just wasn't going to happen. The Rangers thought he was going to be that type of sign and then they were kidding themselves because if you'd watched him for the last couple of years at, at Southampton, he was developing into this uh, sitting midfielder. No, who was 
not only giving protection to the, to the back four, but was was dictating, uh, you know, tempo and rhythm of, of the team, and that's, you no, know, that's where he was go. He was always going to eventually be used at Rangers, and we're seeing the, the fruits of that now. Um, on Sunday, he was brilliant. I mean, if it was Tavern, he would uh, you know, get every man in the match award going, but Tavernier has been always just in a different. A different planet at the moment seems to be picking up these man of the matches in every game. Um, but Davis, in terms of what he means to Rangers now, so important. Uh, no, such an important guy to have in this squad, such an important player, whether it's European games or domestic. And if Rangers do go and get get success this season, he'll, he'll have played a massive part. Yeah, I've, listen, one of the other big things about Stephen Davis and how he's performing is, is how Stephen Gerrard has been rotating that midfield. Yeah. Now, we know that they have this uh, new artificial intelligence data hub that's yeah. given them information on how to keep the players fit. And and certainly, Rangers haven't really had many injuries over the last wee while. And, and whenever somebody's out, they're, they're not out for long. Yeah. And it seems to be that they're nipping in the bud quite quickly. You know, one game, two games out, and then back in, yeah. uh, if anything. Uh, so, so I think one of the things is is just how they've been managing them. It seems very, very clever the way they're doing that, and, and they've got the quality and depth now, of course, yeah. with Zungu, with uh, Ryan Jack, Kamara, Aribo. They can rotate those players around. Scott Arfield can move yeah. back there, and it gives Stephen Gerrard the option to, to bring Stephen Davis out. Because let's face it, at 35, I think he's 36 on the 1st of January, you're not ever going to be a three games a week man at that age. It's just unfair no. to ask someone no. to do that. Yeah. So, so I think that's what, been a key a key factor in how he's what, performing. What do you think, though? I mean, obviously his contract will be up again at the end of the season. I know it's early days, but are you thinking mm. already that, 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 that they could get another year out of him? Or do you think... No, winning a title this year, winning a couple of trophies, that would be no, no that would be a good way to bow out. What, what do you think? Well, if I'm Stephen Davis, I want to play as long as I possibly can. I want to yeah. prolong my international career for as long as I can because he can go and set a record that will never be beaten or it's unlikely to be beaten anytime soon. Yeah. And having that, I mean, listen, Scott, we, you know, we love football. We were never good enough to make it as professional footballers. Certainly I wasn't. Maybe you had some talent and were a bit unlucky. <laughs> yeah, um, speak but, for yourself. <laughs> but um, you know, I, I can't imagine being 35 or 36 and thinking, do you know what? I'm I'm keen to pack this in. If your body wasn't was allowing it, you know, I, I totally understand why someone whose whose legs are, are are giving them constant pain or whose back is is giving them real problems, why they might say, you know what? I've done enough here. I want to be able to pick up my grandkids. But yeah. but for someone who's physically right. I think you want to play as long as possible. And listen, every pro you speak to, if you, you talk to them in the twilight of their career or, or shortly after their career ends, they say they miss it and they wish they'd gone on for as long as possible. Yeah. So if I'm Stephen Davis, I, I'm playing it very calm and, and I'm just seeing how it goes month to month. And, and I yeah. think, look, Rangers, the best policy they can they can follow is to, to operate a, the same kind of um, – strategy is as Manchester United did with Ryan Giggs which is a couple of months before the contract expires you come to the man and you say look how are you feeling this is how we think you're getting on what do you want to do here this is how we see you next season but it'll be up to you you know I think Stephen Davis can probably go on another year there's no there's no doubt about it in my mind but it'll come down to whether he wants to I mean he's a wealthy guy He, he wouldn't need the money so it's about whether or not he's got the competitive desire to, to stay and fight for his place. And listen, there's a lot of talent in that Rangers midfield, so so you really have to be prepared to, 
you know, get stuck in for that yeah. to happen. But I, I don't see any reason why that would uh, that would uh, dissolve uh, in the coming in the coming months, Scott. So I think I think it'll be one that will probably stick around. But I think it's it's way too early to start talking about that. But yeah. listen, that's that's an interesting segue because we've got a question from Andrew Burns. Yeah. And, and it does play into the idea of contracts. So I'm going to throw it your way. Andrew says, we'd be curious to hear thoughts um, with regards to the situation of some players' contracts. Tavernier, Goldson, Kamara, Arfield, a few that come to mind. Uh, anyone who's up in the summer with one year to go. So, so listen, we kind of we, we kind of touched on this last week, but James Tavernier's got 18 months left, Scott. So yeah. at the end of the season, you'll have a year. Connor Goldson's the same. Kamara's got two years at the end of the season. Scott Arfield, I think, is... Is, uh, is either up at the end of the season or has only got one year. I think he's got one year he's at the end one of the season, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, listen, given, given the COVID situation, presumably Rangers will want to look at this once they have a clearer picture of what's going on in the, the financial aspects of the of yeah. Listen, Rangers, they will be looking at all these contract situations at the minute. However... I don't think they'll do anything, Johnny, until the summer. Uh, I, I think everything will be on hold until the summer. I know there's been you know, a bit of chat about Glenn Kamara getting a different deal. Kamara's slightly different in the sense that, I mean, he has got another two years after this to go. The, the issue with Kamara is that they want to get him on an improved contract to the one that he signed when he you know, arrived for 50 grand for, for Dundee. I'd imagine, no, he certainly won't be one of the, the big earners, and I think they'll feel that he, that he deserves that. And, no, they want to protect a huge asset. Um, so he's slightly different. But in terms of these other guys that were mentioned, of course, Rangers will be, you no, know, will be looking at all of them um, and deciding, you know, what they plan to do. But I just think the significance of this season and what it will mean if Rangers are champions. You no, know, there's a Champions League qualifier, obviously, off the off the back of it. Just the whole feel about the club and about the team and about Gerard. I think the the landscape will change in the summer, whether they win this title or, or not. And I think it's pretty sensible just to say, look, let's wait and see what happens. No, obviously we'll have an idea of what we want to do with, with, with certain players, but it would be silly to, no, to have any sort of distraction, any sort of disruption at this uh, point in the season, trying to get players signed up or deciding against all from players' contracts, I think they'll tell everybody, listen, let's wait until the summer, see what we achieve, um, and then can I take a deep breath and then and then go for there. And I think that's I think that's wise. Um, the two for me, the two big ones will be Goldson and, and Tavernier, as we as we discussed last week. <clears throat> I was thinking about this in a bit of detail, Scott, and I, and I do have quite a controversial take on this. So, so hear me out, um, yeah. because I think it, it requires a bit of um, nuance. It's not just a you know a, a headline here, um, but but for me, I think Rangers should uh, seriously consider uh, if they win the league, as we would expect, yeah. allowing Connor Goldson and, and James Tavernier to to, to move on uh, to sell that, that those is, players. That, that is controversial. Why? Yeah, I, I'll, I'll explain it. Um, Basically, um, obviously, two of the best players in Scottish football, and from that point of view, I would like them to stay. But I think if Rangers are, are truly going to become a proper functioning selling club, and, and they're going to, you know, cash in on their best assets, then unfortunately, the age both these guys are means that it's your last opportunity to do that. So I think Conor Golson is 27 now. He's 28 in five or six days. Yeah. Um, I think 20, uh, middle of December, he's he's 28. So that means that the 
you know, uh, the time his contract expires, he's he's twenty, he's twenty nine. Uh, so, so you're really not going to be able to sell him for big bucks if he does sign a new contract because he's coming into that age of of diminishment really yeah. as a football player, and it's the same with Tavernier. And, and while like different players obviously uh, develop at different rates and, and and they go on the downward slope at different rates, I would say that both these guys have big market values at the moment if you could sell them, and I think Rangers would get really really good money. But if they leave it and sign a new deal, they will be on huge wages going into a period in their career when they're on the downslope. And and that, that's just a, a general view of players at that age. Yeah. And that is, to me, bad business. And Rangers going forward needs to be about good business. We've seen the club splash out loads and loads of cash. Um, fortunately, Rangers have got wealthy benefactors who've been prepared to put the money in. But that is not a tap that can be just left running indefinitely. Rangers have to be become a business that works. Yeah, but Johnny, and, I think, and I think unfortunately, those two players, as good as they are, as tremendous as they've been, I think they're going to have to, or they should be sold while the going's good with uh, new players coming in. And that's just going to be part of the process. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I get where you're coming from, but I, I've got to disagree. Um, listen, of course, it has to be run as a business, of course, the Rangers model going forward has to be what we've spoken about before, where um, you, know, you sell one or two assets, whether it's every couple of years or, or whatever it may be. You, know, you buy young and cheap and you sell on for a, for a profit. We get all that. But you need to balance that up with uh, keeping you no know, pillars in the team, you know, the cornerstone of your team, leaders in the dressing room. I think Goldson and Tavernier fall into that category um, I think you need them around if, it's okay saying if Rangers are going to move forward um, as, a, as a club if Rangers are going to move forward as a club they need leaders and they need guys who know what it's about and they need kind of, as I say real pillars in that dressing room um, and I think those two are, are crucial for Rangers going forward and I think it would be worth if they go on to win a title this year given what they've gone through and given the journey they've been on to get that title and the experience that they'll have picked up both domestically and in Europe, those two would be absolutely crucial in, in keeping on. I, I would argue that if you're looking to sell assets, which they should be, I mean, Dave King confirmed that the other day, I think you're looking at guys like Barisic and Kamara, to name two. And the reason I say them is, again, no, they are real sellable uh, no, valuable assets. There will be huge interest in them for the for the Premier League. Both of them are playing at the Euros in the summer, which I would like to think will increase their value even more, give them more exposure. I, I don't doubt for a minute that if Rangers get success and these two boys going to have a good Euros, there will be huge interest in them. Um, and the key thing is, I think Rangers could... No, cope and survive and thrive even going forward without the two of them as much as the two of them are brilliant players no, you look at Calvin Bassey as a, a natural replacement for Borna Barisic even though he's, he's young you would still need to go and sign a left back with some of the money that you, that you brought in but I, I don't think it would weaken Rangers no, listen, it would weaken Rangers would it weaken them considerably especially if you can go out and get a replacement I'm mm. not so sure. And certainly with Kamara, you've mentioned earlier the strength of that midfield. 
Listen, I, I love Kamara as a player. I think he's been you know, vital to, to what Rangers have done this season. You know, an expert performing in, in Europe especially. But they've got enough cover there. And if you sign a guy for 50 grand and you're getting offered 8, 9 million in the, in the summer off the back of a good Euros from a Premier League team, then that is really good business. I think the loss of Tavernier and Goldson for that dressing room in terms of what Steven Gerrard would want to go on and achieve would be would be bigger than losing uh, losing Kamara or or uh, Barisic. And listen, we've not even mentioned Morelos there who above Kamara and Barisic would be the would be the one guy that I think you would look to cash in on. I think Rangers will look to cash in on so well, no, listen. I mean, you're, these these are all very cogent points, and I take I take them on board. And I think it would be an absolutely massive loss because you're basically getting rid of the right side of your defence. Yeah, um, you're, ta- you're, you're also taking the heart at the at the dressing room. I think. Yeah, I, I, listen. That, that's a good. That's a very good point, Scott. Yeah. But I think the problem that you have got is you've got then aging players who are going to have really realistically no sell-on value on huge wages. No, but you can, all, um, but you so, can always have one or two of them. Surely, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. You don't want to have an aging team and a guy full of you know, late 20, early 30s but I mean we're talking about Scott Brown earlier on how crucial he's been to this you know, relentless run of success that Celtic have had I mean at some point Celtic could have cashed in on Scott Brown but it was the beating heart of that, of that dressing room and keeping him on has been one of the major reasons why Celtic have went on and had this uh, had this run of success and run of trophies I think you need to be careful and you need to make sure that that dressing room is still strong, even if it costs you, even if you don't accept that no, we're not going to make money on Tavernier. I mean, listen, they signed them for two hundred grand. I think they've got their they've got their money's worth um, <laughs> out of them. Yeah. So I, I just think you need to be careful to you no. Know, if, if this is the first season where Rangers go and win a title after everything that they've been through, to then get to the summer, and I think. Taking Tavernier and, and Goldson out, I think you would be ripping the heart out of that that dressing room. That, that's a dangerous. I think that's a dangerous road to go down. Yeah, I mean, listen, there's there's multiple issues because Barisic is 28. Yeah. So so I totally agree with you. So you're you're you've got the same issue with Barisic. So if you if you are going to sell one fullback, I would say definitely Barisic over Tavernier. Yeah. But I suppose what I'm trying to trying to get at Scott is that the, these sort of things are are things that will definitely be going through Ross Wilson's mind because oh, of course. that's his role. He's, his of role course. is to identify how that squad develops. And, and, and I think it's going to be an interesting one going forward. I suspect more people will, will, will agree with you. Um, but um, I do think it's something that will that, need to be considered. Right, let's move on to another question from Andrew Burns. Um, that's, he actually tweeted the two questions at the same time, but I thought the second one, the second part of it is actually also pretty good. He's saying, also, a la Camara, any other Scottish-based gems we should be looking at for potential pre-contracts? Scott, I'm going to throw a few names at you. Okay. And, and you can tell me whether or not you think any of these guys could add something on a pre-contract to Rangers, right? I'm going to start off with the first one on my list, which is Declan Gallagher. No. Why not? Um, I don't think he's good enough, Johnny, for for Rangers um, to operate. I, I know you'll throw that back at me and say international football, he's come in, look comfortable. Uh, listen, I'm not taking it away from Declan Gallagher what he's achieved with Scotland, but 
No, I've watched him enough times for Motherwell as well as Scotland. And I mean, what, what age is he? Declan Gallagher. Twenty nine. Twenty nine. So I mean, late twenties, coming up for thirty. No, I don't think. No, nah, I don't think that would be that would be a wise move for Rangers. I have to say, Scott, I actually agree with you on that one. So, <laughs> playing devil's advocate. Uh, the next one, now this will be interesting, is Alan Campbell, 22, from Motherwell. Yeah, I mean, I, I jotted, when I seen that question, I jotted down a couple of names, um, and Alan Campbell was one of them. Listen, I'm not saying it would be a cast iron set, Rangers should get in, Rangers should get in and get them, but it'll certainly be one that they've got to be looking at. No, if you've got a scouting network in Scotland, then he'll be one uh, he'll be one that they're looking at, of course he will. Whether he's good enough to make that step up, I'm not sure. I think he's a very good player. Uh, I've been impressed with him and I've seen him at Motherwell uh, in Scotland under-21s. But we've spoken about how strong that Rangers midfield and you're going to have to have know really something about you to come in and challenge and go and compete with the guys that we're talking about Jack Kamara Davis Zungu Arfield Aribo I mean it's going to be tough to get in there but certainly Campbell yeah if you can you know if they've done their homework on him um, then it could be a possibility if, if they've been uh, impressed enough by him so he's certainly one that will be on a that will be on a list sure I'm sure yeah, I like him as a punt, Scott. Um, I think you bring him in, give him six months, uh, similar to perhaps the way um, Hasty was brought in. You know, yeah. if it doesn't work, then you put him out on loan to a, an English side, give him a chance to get some game time in a different league yeah. uh, and see it as a development. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, but it's, it's low risk, I suppose is what yeah. I'm saying. He's, he's aggressive and he's hungry. Um and he obviously no, it won't take him time to adapt to, to Scottish football. He knows the game here now inside out. He's had enough games under his belt. So, listen, those are all positives. It's just whether he can, as I say, whether he can get into that. I mean, it does strike me as a boy that's praised by much. Uh, I've interviewed him a couple of times, and no, he's he's pretty sure of himself, and no, but fancy still to get and compete with these boys that I've mentioned. But it's just whether. Rangers have done their homework on him. It's just whether they think he's good enough to, to step up. Yeah, absolutely. Right, last one for you, Scott, unless you've got any ones that you, you would to throw in there, but I'll, I'll, I'll ask you that after I've, I've looked for your opinion on this one. Is Ross Stewart at Ross County, a player I quite like, big target man, reasonably quick, and I think he's got a nice touch? Yeah, I mean, I, I like him. Uh, I've, I mean, he's only really caught my eye. Um, <clears throat> not just the Celtic game, no, I've seen him a few games can play anywhere across the front I mean a real awkward customer um, but again Johnny I, th- I think his next move will be down to League One in England or no Championship in England and I think no I think that will be his level and that, that's not been unkind to him I mean the boys came to, to junior football uh, been an incredible rise um, and also when I look at Rangers obviously with, with Itton coming in no, he's given Rangers that option uh, if you want to go with it as more of a target man, a kind of hold-up man. See Itton's work rate even when he come on at Ross County on Sunday, you know, chasing people down and creates the goal for the four. I think Rangers and Itton now have that type of player, so I, I don't, I wouldn't expect Rangers to be sniffing about Ross Stewart. 
Okay, Scott, briefly, I've got a question from my poker chips now. Will Alfie be sold in the January window, or do you think Roof's injury record will preclude that? And then another question on the same subject from uh, Jamie Curry. Um, he's asked, Roof better in a deeper role than at centre-forward? Question mark. I've always felt he and Morelos can work well together, and it's proving to be the case so far. Thoughts on that? Now, listen, let me jump in here, because I know you've got a pretty strong opinion on this. Um, I think, as I've said before, Rangers didn't plan on having Alfredo Morelos as part of this setup this season. I think they expected to sell him um, in the summer. And I think they've changed the side with that in mind. I don't think Alfredo Morelos fits in particularly well now. And people point to the Ross County game when the, for the first goal, he drags the defender out of position and that allows uh, Kent to make a run in behind potentially. Kent actually pulls out when he sees Tavernier making a a run through the defence yeah. on the right-hand side. But but it's that space that Morelos is creating. That's absolutely true, guys. I totally understand that. But that's the role. That's not really how yeah. Alfredo Morelos is playing it. So you could put me or Scott in that role, and by making that move, it would, of course, drag defenders out of position. I think with Morelos, you need to look less at the role and more at what he produces when he has the ball at his feet. Yeah. And I think far too often he's given the ball away um, or playing lazy passes or getting frustrated because I think he really just wants to be in and about the box the role he played last season, but he's not going to get to do that on this Rangers side. Yeah. Uh, I would sell him in January, Scott. I think it's time. Absolutely. It's past time. And I think Rangers will be stronger with Itton, Defoe and Roof rotating around that, that front row than they are at the moment with Alfredo Morelos in there. Uh, I, I partly agree with you, Johnny. I, I think we're on the same page in terms of... Uh, Morelos' game at the moment and in terms of that role I agree with you I mean I keep hearing people I keep hearing people saying to me oh, but look at the role look at what he's doing for the team and how he's helping the team in that role and I'm sorry mate it's just no washing I mean listen see when you keep giving away six yard passes to the opposition or knocking balls out, out the pitch you know when it's simple execution of a pass that's not helping the team no, I'm sorry. I mean, helping the team would be keeping possession and you no know, keeping moves going. Too many moves are breaking down. Alfredo Morelos. Now I don't care what anyone says. I think he's, I think he's off for him. Um, I think this new kind of this new system that we're talking about. You're right. I don't think it suits him. Um, however. Will he be sold in January? No, I don't think so, and I don't think they should. As I touched on earlier, I don't think anyone other than uh, no fringe men, and I'm talking like you're talking about Jake Hasty or Greg Stewart, or maybe even like a Brandon Barker or something. If anybody came in for him, I mean, but in terms of that Rangers first team squad, no, given where they are in the league, given the the, the situation with this title race at the moment, I don't expect anyone to go. Uh, especially know the guy that is starting the majority of games as the as the central striker. I think he'll be here until next summer. But a hundred percent, I think whether Rangers win or lose the title, this will be Morelos' last season, and he'll be he'll be away in the summer. Um, and in terms of roof. No, in terms of the position, I think Roof's just such a good player that he can pretty much play in any of those yeah. positions. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's probably, if you asked him, he would probably say that his best position is playing as a central striker, but being that one that, that drops off, because he's technically very good, he's clever, he's intelligent with his movement. Um, 
but I don't doubt he could play the, the, the central striker role on his own um, because he's, he's, you know, his hold-up play is good. He's decent in the air for his size. Um, but we know he can play right or left as well. I mean, he's just... I, I think I said before, to me, he has been the, the game-changer signing for, for Rangers. He proved that again on Sunday. I mean, that goal looks a simple goal. Obviously, it's a great move. People think that no, it might be a simple finish, but... He's the only guy in that Rangers team, and I include Morelos in this, I think, who attacks that near post and shows that hunger and desire to get across his man and get the and get the touch on it. Uh, and it could only wait, it could only be in one way. And Ruth knew exactly what he was what he was doing, and it came at a vital time for Rangers. They had to they had to get a goal. No, Ross County had obviously threatened at the other end uh, just a couple of minutes before. So he, he's growing into a really important player for Rangers and. Like I said about Davis earlier on, if Rangers are going to go on and win trophies this season, I expect Roof to play a, you know, a major part in that. Yeah, he's, he's been superb, Scott. Been absolutely worth the money. And although he's had that, that short period where he was out, I think, four or five games with injury, every time I've seen him, I've been impressed with another facet of his play. I think when he arrived, a lot of people were saying the guy is a, a very similar player to Robert Firmino, although obviously not at the same level as Robert Firmino. And I think that's actually been 100% proven. He's the very quintessential modern striker and that he's he's almost like someone who would have been a midfielder 10, 15 years ago yeah. because he's good on the ball, he can pass, but he also gets himself in dangerous positions. And the, the thing about his skill set that's so interesting is he's also, as you say, terrific in the air for his size, quite strong, Really knocked off the ball and has the ability to produce something out of nothing, as we saw against yeah, exactly. Standard Liège in, in Belgium. So I think Rangers have really won a watch getting him for the price that they've got him for. I think it was reported at around four, four and a half million. I think that's a real, real good deal for a guy who's 27. Yeah, um, And he plays with the maturity of a guy who's a bit older than that. And one of the things that you saw through in the game, throughout the game against Ross County, was that he was talking a lot and cajoling his teammates. He was speaking to Joe Aribo. Um, at one point uh, in the game, and uh, and you know you get the sense that he's uh, already becoming one of the leaders in that dressing room. Yeah, and, and, and he, also, and he also he also looks like a guy you've touched on. It looks like a guy that's coming into the kind of peak peak years, if you like. You no, know, he's kind of yeah. peak form, and to think Rangers could get the best of that over the next two or three years when they're getting into this period where they're hopefully you no, know, they're hoping to win trophies and go and chart you no know, Champions League qualifiers and really. Progress. I think they've got Roof at the, at the perfect time in his, his career. Yeah, absolutely. Right, Scott, we're going to call it a day there. That's been a very interesting 40 minutes. Uh, thanks for joining me. No guys, if you want to continue the, guys, if you want to continue the debate, you can get me on Twitter at Johnny R. McFarlane. You can get Scott at Scott McDermott 8. Um, if you like the pod, and we know many of you do, please go on to iTunes and give us a five-star review as this helps us get the pod to as many listeners as possible. Until next time, thanks for listening.